for all of your TNA needs, head to tensandaces.com. Get one of these losers in Las Vegas who keeps thinking he's going to come up with a way to win at Blackjack. Are you ready for some TNA? Welcome to TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. A podcast with true-to-life stories and experiences from advantaged players in the game of Blackjack. From pros crushing it and making a living counting cards, to newer players who are just making their way through all the ups and downs of what can be, at times, both an equally frustrating and beautiful game of AP Blackjack. Is this the kind of thing you want to hear? Well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Here's your host, Mike AP. And welcome to the show today. As the man just said, I'm your host of this transmission of our experiment in imaginary radio that we like to call TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. So if this is the kind of thing you want to hear, well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Today's show is going to be a little bit different than most shows in that we're not going to have just one guest on this show. Instead, we're going to have several guests come on, and they're each going to relay stories about back-offs or heat. So, without further ado, let's dig right in. Let's start out with a story today from a listener named Plus Good. So what do you have for us, man? So I recently decided, at least temporarily, to become a full-time AP and uh, hit the road looking to play in several new markets. And based on the recommendation of a couple of friends, I was going to check out a double deck game at a casino in the Southwest. And unfortunately, when I got there, all the seats were taken up by a group of senior citizens who were really enthusiastically playing uh, all of the side bets. So the only open table was their six deck game, but I noticed they were actually cutting off uh, half a deck or less sometimes. And to have it heads up, I thought I'd at least get a high number of rounds per hour. Unfortunately, the first time the count went up, I lost every max bet and probably went down over three and a half thousand like right away. At the same time, no one seemed to care what I was doing. So I just decided to play it as long as I could. So over the next 12 hours, I played that shoe and proceeded to lose in total about seven and a half thousand dollars which is like 300 units for me it was the biggest single session loss i've ever had and during the last three hours or so of that session i noticed that the pit boss was watching and he would sympathetically like nod when the dealer got there like five card 21 or i would double my 11 and get an ace and he agreed that the shoes were all going very poorly but i didn't really sense any heat finally at the end of this like 12 hours he comes over to the table very apologetically and he's like hey man i know you're stuck for a lot of money but i just got the call from upstairs and at that moment i think like with my mask on i probably just looked at him and with like as much desperation as i could muster in my face and he's like you can't play anymore, man. I'm really, really sorry about it. I, I, I know that you want to. I know you want to get it back, 
but you just can't play anymore. And I just looked at him, I was like, okay, man. And he proceeded to say, you know, I've been watching you play. You seem to be keeping the count. Your deviations are good. It's just really bad variance. And I looked at him at that moment and he grinned because we both knew that no one uses the term variance if they don't also count cards. Uh, so we started laughing. He proceeded to tell me if I would get a player's card, they could hook up it up with a bunch of comps and then like recommended a couple of other casinos in the area explained like you know heat tolerances and it was more than anything just really nice to have someone else who understood in that moment because i don't usually play sessions that long and i'd never lost that much at one time so for someone to like grasp what was happening to me where i was essentially like for 12 hours losing while playing with an edge meant more uh, than maybe I understood at the time. Yeah, I can relate completely to being way down when a back off came. I mean, that's one of the worst, one of the worst feelings. It's very frustrating for sure. But anyway, at least the floor turned it around a little bit for you and offered some good games in the market and uh, did what he could with the comps. The next listener is listener Michael, and he has another story. How you doing there, Michael? Hey, I'm great. Uh, I appreciate the time uh, that you're awesome. taking to uh, discuss this with me. I really appreciate everything you're doing, and, and your podcast is just a wonderful thing out there. So my back-off story, it's a little bit different. One of those kind of stories where they should have just let me play. I was playing on a Wednesday morning. Uh, I'm retired, so I have that advantage that I can play any time. So I went to the local place, started playing about 10.30 in the morning, uh, just waiting for opportunities. Well, it was one of those days I just couldn't catch a card. It was just bad, bad, bad. Well, count got pretty good. Uh, I think it was uh, actually a true count of plus five. Popped down 500, got an 11 against the dealer six. I thought, mm. hey, perfect dump. You know, this is a Money no-brainer. Time. Exactly. Already count, you know. Double mm-hmm. up there. I pull an eight. Dealer flips the 10. I'm like, all right, perfect. Drew a five. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, a thousand bucks on that hand for the entire session i was down about 2500 mm-hmm. just one of those days you know good days bad days well yeah. i said hey you know i get a player's card everywhere and i had one from this place from years ago so they're like here you know we'll get you lunch i'm like sure fantastic you know 2500 burger wonderful so, <laughs> so, I'm, so i went and had lunch and it was it was nice well i had lunch i got a text or an email i got an email said hey come stay with us for a weekend from the place I was sitting there having lunch. So I'm like, all right. So I went over and I booked a room for Friday. So I thought, well, I've got some buddies that are coming into town. They haven't been there. My lady friend, I thought she likes to watch. She doesn't really play. We'll all just come back Friday. Mm-hmm. So we came back Friday and got there about 6-ish, 5.36-ish. And it's one of those places where the shifts haven't started. So they didn't have very many tables open. So I walked over and talked to one of the pit bosses that I knew or saw me the other day, the Wednesday, and I told them, I said, hey, are you going to open up any tables soon? And they're like, well, mm-hmm. about 20 minutes. I'm like, cool. Walked off. My Perfect. lady friend, she she went to play some slides. So it's like, all right. So I gave my buddies, gave the key to the room. They went up to the room, put their stuff in the room, and I was just standing by the machine, slot machine she was playing. 
three guys in suits came up from behind, tapped me on the shoulder, said, hey, uh, Michael so-and-so, can we talk to you for a minute? Sure. Why not? Go ahead. And the lead guys had introduced themselves and said, uh, we have made a business decision that we would prefer that you don't play any table games. <laughs> I'm like, what? They're like, we've made a business decision. And that's yeah. how they phrased it. We've made a business decision that we're not going to have you play any table games. You can play any of the electronic games you'd like, but we're not going to really have your business on the table game. And I asked, point out, asked him, I said, what about the 2,500 I lost 48 hours ago? You're going to give me a chance to win that back? Unfortunately, no, we're not going to. Said fine. <laughs> so I just turned around, walked off, left my gal standing or sitting at the slot machine playing the machine. And I text the other guys, hey, I'm going to come up to the room. We're going to meet. Right. Text her, hey, meet me at the room. So we went, I went back to the room. My buddies went back to the room. And these guys, good players. Mm-hmm. Better than me. I mean, they are good players. So I told them what happened after they all started to stop laughing at me. We pooled our money. <laughs> sure. Like, hey, going to pool the money. It was, you know, it was in, this was before COVID uh, and it was in October. So there was like a college football game. I'm like, I'm going to stay in the room, watch this football game. I want you guys to go down there, go to Destroy beast mode. Yeah. Exactly. And they actually went into uh, the high limit area. We had pulled together just a little under 15000 between the four of us. And, and they went down to the high limit, and they have a very good pitch game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a $100 minimum. I think it's a $5,000 max. Three to two. Dealer stands on all 17s. Uh, doubles wow. after the splits. You know, really good. Under 0.3%. How said? Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting in the room and about three and a half hours later they all come up to the room mm-hmm. and they are just loaded they are loaded for bear and it pretty much from what they told me most of it ended up on the very last hand they said they started to get some heat a little bit they were having a good time but they told me the last hand that they played it was a true count of five they were all sitting there at three thousand to five thousand with five thousand being the table max they're all playing together is there yeah. One one table that has this there was, game. There was only one table. Oh, okay. Wow. So they were all playing on this one table. That's shoving it right in their face. <laughs> exactly. The last hand where they told me it was a true count of five, uh, my three buddies, one of them got a blackjack, one of them got eights, and the other one had tens against a six. Blackjack paid out. Mm-hmm. Other buddies split the eights, got a two and a three. This was something like in the movies. Yeah. Got a three, doubled it, hit a 10. On the next hand, he got a two. So he got a 10 and he drew, uh, I think he drew a seven. So he still got a 17. Got in the end, two tens, split, split the 10. Yeah. He got a four and a 10. Dealer rolls a 10, pulls a 10, 26. <laughs> they said, my buddy said that they had not only the normal pit boss, but two other guys came over while they were all counting all this out. They didn't even play another hand they just cashed out took all the the orange and gray chips they could came back up to the room we're sitting there we're counting they actually tipped two thousand dollars as a tip they tipped and yeah that's when a, they got up they left the deal at two grand that's crazy hey 
<laughs> is that their yeah, cover? Uh, exactly. That's, that's still that's, that's still way too much. But anyway, I well, guess it worked for him. But, but once we got counted and we had everything counted, we had forty five thousand. Wow! And I took all the chips and I'm the one that cashed them in. I find I'm the one that signed the CTS. I'm the CCR, one that did all yeah. the paperwork. You know, you already backed so off there anyway. Real- so right, yeah, yeah. But, but so, then they're gonna they might connect I, you with them because of all those chips. You know what I mean? Well, but, I haven't been back. Yeah, but. The other thing is, is I found the floor manager. I actually went over to a table and said, hey, can you call the floor manager over? And they're like, why? And I said, I just want to talk to him for a minute. Just just want to talk to him for a minute. They called the guy. So the original suit that saw me at six o'clock, that told me that I couldn't play. I showed him my four bundles of 10,000. And I told him he should have just let me play. Went to the room, spent the night, got up the next morning, had a nice breakfast and left. Surprised they didn't kick you out. It was well, the room, you know, but the the room was already, you know, no, they didn't, they didn't know up charges, nothing, you know, but it was just one of those things that I couldn't believe. And that was only about third time that I'd ever been backed out or backed off, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was like one of those things. It's like, I haven't even sat down yet, you know? And, and that's when I got to, got to think. It was like, really? You're watching? And I lost, yeah. you know? But that That's was, the worst. Know, but it, it was just, it, it just worked out. And it was just like one of those things. But it was like, I, I told these guys, it's like, look, take them. And, and these guys are better, much better players than I was. But it was just, and I haven't, I haven't been backed off since. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of, I couldn't have, I, I couldn't have written this as a script better, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we, we split, you know, we split everything and, and everybody got the equal portion and everything. And I basically doubled up a big, big hand. So. It, it, it was just one of those weekends. But yeah, the only thing you could have wrote, wrote better was not to tip two thousand dollars, <laughs> especially if well, they were leaving. Okay. They were leaving anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. yeah. Well, I did. I did take that out of their portion. And now let's take a quick commercial break. Hey guys, this is Colin from blackjackapprenticeship.com and if you're serious about card counting, I'd encourage you to check out the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership. It has the training tools you'll need to beat the game like our comprehensive video course and our training suite so you can learn each skill and virtually test yourself before ever stepping foot in a casino. It also includes the tools you'll need to succeed like our pro betting software, casino database, results tracking software, and access to a community of like-minded advantage players to network with in our members forum and chat room software. You can find out more at blackjackapprenticeship.com. Okay. Okay. Cuthbert Tweezel works hard and long at his job. Okay. As a duck call tester. Okay. Yes, for hours on end. Duck call after duck call undergoes Cuthbert's careful scrutiny. Okay. Being a duck call tester is occasionally interesting. Ooh, defective. But most of the time, it's as pathetically dull as it sounds. Okay. So, one day this week, in a rare display of spontaneity, Cuthbert Tweezel escaped. Las Vegas! Las Vegas! You can be there tomorrow! There are flights every nanosecond, practically! Las Vegas! It's amazing, it's exciting, it's glamorous as heck, and way more fun than working! Hey, why not? Call your travel agent and get your... To Las Vegas. Okay. A mental health tip from the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. 
And now back to the show. And here's listener by the book with the next story. Apparently, I, I hear you have a great back off story. It's a pretty interesting one. It was actually pretty recent when I started uh, into my AP life. I was pretty much just hitting all the casinos in Vegas, getting my feet wet. And I went to one of the station's properties. Um, I guess it really doesn't matter if I say it or not. It was at Sunset Station in Las Vegas. And I was playing double deck, kind of just walking in and out between tables. I wasn't even really getting uh, any good good counts or really anything. It was kind of crazy how it happened. So I was sitting at a table. I was actually down money for the session. Um, I stood up to go to the bathroom. And then I kind of acted like I was on a phone call to like uh, kind of wait until the shuffle. Like and then we do. Secu- yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> so yep. security comes up taps me and is like, hey, can I see your ID? And this is, like, again, this is when I first started. So in my mind, I was like, oh, okay, he needs to see my ID. But then I was like, wait a minute, why would he need to see my ID? So it kind of got into it, and I was like, I'm not giving you my ID. Like, the, the, the table and the pit boss have already seen it. And then next thing you know, the the pit from behind me, uh, the lady came over and was like, hey, you're done playing blackjack. Uh, just a simple let back off. So I was like, okay, cool. And um, this is kind of where I messed up when, since I was pretty new, I should have left the casino right away, but I'm a pretty big basketball fan and there was a, the Laker game was on. So I went to the <laughs> sports book and I was, I was sit, I was just sitting in the chair watching the game. Like it was the fourth quarter end of the game, wanted to catch the end of it. And then uh, next thing you know, I think three or four security guards just kind of pulled up on me while I'm sitting in the chair, pretty much surrounded me and saying, I need to give him my ID. I need to give him my ID. And I was like, listen, I'm not giving you my ID. I don't have to give you my ID. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, this is harassment. Yeah, and, you're watching um, a basketball game at that point, right? Yeah. There, like, yeah. I was, there was no one around me for like, like, like at least five minutes. All of a sudden, they just pulled up on me and like surrounded me in, in my chair. And I was like, right. I'm not giving you my ID. I don't know how many times you want me to tell you. Like, I don't have to give you my ID. Like, leave me alone. Um, so kind of like one security guard kind of started acting a little little tough, um, mm-hmm. trying to, like, get it out of me. So um, they ended up, someone along the lines ended up calling the police, and the security guard basically uh, trespassed me off the property. So when I got out of the property, the police were sitting there waiting um, as I was walking to my car. I was already out of the property, out of the doors, in the parking lot, leaving the, the property. And the police come up to me and are like, hey, can we talk to you? And I was like, oh, great. So I'm, <laughs> I'm telling them what happened. And then next thing you know, they're like, can we have your, can we, you know, have your ID? And I kind you of was like. You have to give it to police. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. I always have to give yeah. it to them. Um so I was kind of on my end. I gave him a little bit of a hard time, like saying, like, I know what you're going to do. You're just going to give it to them. And the cop just was not having that, like, had no, wanted to have no discussion with me about it. Just straight up put me in handcuffs and uh, took my bag off. I had a, like a satchel bag around me. They took it off me. And I was telling mm-hmm. them, like, don't go through my bag. Like, I'm not giving you permission to do that. They went through my bag, grabbed my ID. I think they saw my cash on me too, which is why they gave me they gave me a pretty big ticket um, for doing that. And uh, like resisting arrest or something, or something. Yeah, obstructing justice. Oh, uh, okay, was what it, what it was for. Um, so it was kind of a crazy thing. So like, and then I was asking, like, what am I being detained for? Like, what what is going on? Like, what is your reasoning for holding me? And they were saying to issue a formal trespass was the reasoning. But then I was already trespassed by security leaving the property. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how it went. And and a long story short, they gave me a ticket. I called up a couple lawyers. I found uh, one in an AP form and he sent them a preservation of evidence. I lost you. Lost you. Are you there? You wonged out of the conversation. (laughs) 
<laughs> Apparently he wonged out. Maybe he'll come, maybe he'll wong back in. We'll give him a second. We're sorry. All of our representatives are still assisting other customers. Please remain on the line as we value your call. Oh, it looks like we have him back. I don't know what I don't know what just happened. Yeah, I don't know if you heard me talking, but I think it's because you're mobile and the cell signals, whatever. You want you wonged out. <laughs> you wonged out. out. Yeah. Anyway, you wonged back in. <laughs> you're at the point where you were saying that the lawyer issued a preservation of evidence. I, I believe that's what you're yeah, saying. So, yeah. So he issued the uh, stations, casinos, the preservation of evidence to basically keep all the security footage of what happened, as well as sent the police department. I guess the same thing. I, I didn't even really check, but he sent them something, and we're kind of in the midst of the legal battle now, um, waiting on my court date uh, from them since the courts are all backed up due to COVID. They moved mm-hmm. my date like two times already. But yeah, it's just kind of like my crazy back off. So that was my first back off, too, and that's how it went. Um, yeah, they're not all like that. I'm sure you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it started off smooth, but the best piece of advice I could say is when you get backed off, just leave the property. That's the yeah. one thing I learned. Uh, could have saved myself a whole headache and all this, but I guess we'll see what comes out of it. But it was definitely an interesting time. Yeah, I think you buried the lead there, though. Did, did the Lakers win? Uh, they actually got me out of there right before the game ended, so I'm not even sure. I don't even remember what, who they were playing. <laughs> but it was, it was just so weird how like they left me alone, and then all of a sudden they came back. Like They were like, no, we need this guy's ID. And I was like... Nate- Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Maybe they were uh, like waiting for you to go to your car so they could get your plate and then call the cops and do what they did. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been active in a while. Like I said, after all that happened, I took a step back just to um, you know let this blow by and, and then get back into it. Just don't want to get right. any more heat. Right now, I got Suey with me telling me a back off story of his. How's it going, man? Not bad. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. So um, I was uh, on a trip out in Vegas here this last uh, a week, like a week or so ago. And um, I was uh, up at 6 a.m. trying to get some uh, time in on the graveyard shift. And uh, I've been having some better luck on the graveyard shift. So I was trying doing my best to get a lot of time in then. And uh, I went to Strat, which is pretty notorious for being one of the sweatier casinos in Vegas. And uh, I'm in my early 20s, so whenever I go out and play in a place like Vegas where I know I'm going to play unrated, I do my best to look older. Uh, So I don't really wear a cover, but I try to look older than my age just to try to avoid that that ID question just for my age. Just want to keep my ID as far away from the cameras as possible. What do you do? Have uh, have a beer in your hand, stuff like that. What, what yeah, do you do? like th- it could be just a little, it's like uh, like some of the uh, like cargo pants and like a like a an older dude looking shirt, like uh, um, so like some button down that I find at Goodwill that looks like it's well well worn and uh, like one of those uh-huh. um like a golf hat or something. Just I I really try to like sell it as best as I can, and I'm and there are even times where I feel like I I make myself look even more suspicious than anything but then i see some people on the strip that make me feel a lot more confident than again but um yeah, yeah. i just i just try to look older than my age that's that was uh pretty funny what you just said there it took me a minute to get it but yeah because it, it's funny because it's true but anyway right. sorry yeah you I, see some I, things I on the strip. oh yeah <laughs> but yeah i'm there at 6 a.m and i'm uh i'm spreading without a problem uh, with black chips uh going in and out of two hands for 20 to 25 minutes there were some 
there were some glances and a couple phone calls, but I think that just had more to do with the black chips than anything. Um, and uh, it didn't seem like there was real any real heat. And then um, a cocktail waitress comes around and asks if I want anything. And it's 6 a.m. I'm pretty tired. And so I order a coffee and a water. And she asks me for my ID. And I was just really taken back by it. It was kind of like really surprised. And I was just like, uh, you know, never mind. I, I, don't, I don't want For coffee and, and uh, water? Right. So then uh, she was like, well, do you have your ID on you? And so I, I get up and, you know, pad my pockets, acting like I'm looking for my wallet. And I'm, oh, you know what? I, le- I left it in my hotel, at a, in my room at another hotel. Uh, um, uh, so I'm just, I'm just not going to get the drink. And so she was like, well, we're on camera right now. So I, I still need you to show me your ID. Well, I, I don't have it. Should I just like, uh, I, I'll just not get the coffee. And so then I sit down without, like, she starts to say something to me, but I just sit down trying to, she signals to the pit boss. I don't know what she said or, but uh, she signaled that I don't have my ID. The pit boss actually let me play a couple more hands after that. He, the, he then came up to me and was like, uh, yeah, the cocktail waitress just told me that you don't have your ID. So um, if you want to go grab that and then, and then come back, uh, that's probably best. I just can't let you keep playing without it. So he was pretty cool about it. So, I get up and cash out. Luckily, it was a small enough amount to where I didn't have to worry about getting ID cage unless they knew to ask for my ID. But uh, I got it done. Uh, they cashed me out. And as I'm walking towards the uh, the back entrance, which is a pretty, there's a pretty long hallway towards the back of Strat to get to the, the Uber rideshare pickup place. Mm-hmm. And so I'm ordering my Uber as I'm walking over there. And um, there's a real long hallway. And I start to hear some pretty frantic footsteps coming up behind me. And uh, you're... He's yelling down the hall, uh, sir. And uh, I just, I keep walking like I don't hear anything. He's, sir, please stop. I, I, I keep walking at a, a, a brisk pace, not like, like anything crazy, but I'm, I'm, I'm moving. And uh, he yells even louder, like, sir, I know you can hear me. Stop. And so he jogs up to me and starts like power walking next to me saying, like, yeah, I just want to let you know that uh, if you ever come back here again, you will be arrested. Like, uh, if you step foot in this casino or on this property, I like I will see to it that you are arrested. Like, do you understand me? And uh, I, I just like kind of looked at him like, yeah, OK. And he, and he was like wanted to reassure himself. He was uh, like, do you understand? I was like, sure. And so then I walk out the door and he was like, uh, well, like, so are, are you going to leave her? And I said, well, I'm waiting on my Uber. And so I, I sit down on the bench for about three minutes. He went back inside and I see my Uber coming around the corner and uh, a security guard and a guy in a suit uh, step through the door about 20 yards away from the bench I was sitting on. And so I, uh, I walk up to my car as it's approaching just to like meet it even closer and they start power walking towards me. And uh, I open the door and get in and the, the windows rolled down just a little bit in the back seat. They're like, sir, we need to talk to you. And I was, and uh, I, I don't even like make eye contact with him. I just, uh, I look at the Uber driver and he's, I'm just like, just go. It's fine. Just drive, just go. And uh, he was, he kind of like looked at them, <laughs> like, looked at me and then, <laughs> and then went. <laughs> he's like, you probably checked. Are these guys cops or these mafia dudes? Yeah, What's he going on like, here? <laughs> well, like, oh shoot. What, what am I getting myself into? And I was like, like, I, like, I promise you're good. Just go. Is it, this isn't worth my 15 bucks an hour, whatever that, whatever they make net. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. But uh, once once I understood the once uh, I explained the situation a little more, to, he thought it was pretty. Fun. But uh, it was it so was pretty they, cool. What, it was 
Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, uh, I, there's just one of the more like I guess movie like experiences that I've had in my AP career. There have been a, there have been a few pretty interesting stories, but I don't think I'm really top out. That's pretty great. Uh, the the uh, <laughs> that is a movie like thing. Yeah. He already confirmed to you. I, I think what it is is that you got under his skin because you didn't really give him reaction he wanted. Yeah. You know, like he's Mister Big Bad Boss, and he wanted you to you know act all scared, and you just nonchalantly waited for your uber that probably pissed him off so, <laughs> yeah uh, that was just that was the ultimate like disrespectful thing to do i didn't sprint off the property i just sat there waiting for my uber so um, maybe they were coming yeah. to maybe they were coming to formally serve you trespass papers yeah maybe that's what, I, that's, that's, what, that's my guess but um yeah that uh, I'm, i still i'm wondering uh whether or not they were trying to get the waitress to show me id or if that was just completely like um, this is something like a policy they have or something. They've got to show ID regardless of what they're wearing. But I, I, I just have a hard time. That's ridiculous. If he wanted your ID because he thought you looked too young to be in there, whatever the, the deal is, um, that's a whole different thing. But the way I think they use the waitress as a, a scam to come get the ID because people, even APs, are more likely to show, especially ones that look younger. Maybe they order a beer or something. They're more likely to think, Waitress isn't going to report the ID back. They just have to look at it. No big deal and whatever. But it's on camera or whatever. All, all, all that stuff. But still, I don't know. I just think that's the waitress is way less confrontational yeah. than, uh, than uh, you know, somebody in a suit saying, Can, I need to see your ID, you yeah. know, or a security guard. I don't know. But yeah, like not now in hindsight, just thinking about it, um, the way that she sort of uh, like persisted to see my ID and like the way that she like phrased the, uh, how she was asking right um, might have uh, proved to probably they were just trying to get her to give them the ID. Um, mm-hmm. It's like just because she was like, uh, well, yeah, we're on camera, so I, you have to show me. So I think that might have. Something. And she's so forceful about it. Yeah. And the whole that's probably all the lines that they told her to say. And you're getting a coffee and a water. Right. And- <laughs> So I would have said, so we're on camera. So you have some policy that I need to show you my ID to get coffee and water. And if she said yes, I would say, well, that's okay. That's your policy. But I'm sure there's no policy that says I have to show my ID to not get anything to talk just to talk to you. I'm right. sure there's no because that's all we've done so far. So no, thank you. I don't need anything. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I tried getting out of it. She just she wasn't having it. I was like, no, no, thanks. I, I won't take it. And here's a little story from Socrates where he describes a little of heat that he got that was induced by floppies. One of the funniest stories uh, that I think I can share is actually uh, when I started hole carting. Um, and it wasn't a blackjack game. I started at this game and I was winning pretty consistently. And I started noticing a lot of the floppies at the table were realizing that I was winning with quote unquote terrible hands. And so it was starting to put a lot of attention on me. And I remember going to uh, going back home and talking to my wife about the issue because she was like, hey, how's the hole carting going? And I was like, well, it's going really well. I'm making a lot of money, generating a ton of EV, but I think, you know, the the ploppies are actually causing too much attention for me. And she said, well, what you need to do is have a, like something that you can blame for your luck. And I was like, yeah, that's actually a good idea. You need, she's like, you need a coin or something like that's lucky yeah, to kind of divert the attention to. So I, I brought this old, like beat up silver dollar and would set it up on the table every time. And I'd start 
before I made my playing decision, I would spin the coin and just look so entranced and just wait for the coin <laughs> to fall a certain way. <laughs> and I would be like, yep, that's it. And it worked beautifully. But then after a while, some of the, uh, especially the Asian ploppies would come and, and start saying, hey, can I, can I rub your lucky coin? And so, <laughs> and so they would tap me on the shoulder and, and like literally rub it and look at the coin like it was this magical like piece from heaven. And they would just rub it and rub it and rub it and then go back to the table and then just like, oh, yeah, that's working. <laughs> and uh, it got to a point where seriously, some days I would have a line a line of like three or four people who'd want to uh, touch my lucky coin. That's what she said. Well, folks, that's going to be all for this episode of the Tens and Aces podcast. Special thanks to everybody who came on the show today. That was awesome. Sorry if the episode was a little shorter than normal, but this was kind of a last minute idea for a podcast episode and i only had a few days to put this together so with that being said if there's anybody out there who would like to share their back off stories so i can add on to this episode at a later date you can email me at tens and aces the number 21 at gmail.com that's tens and aces 21 at gmail.com and then we can do a quick little 15 20 minute discussion about your story and tack it on to this episode if you want to get in contact with the show for any other reason you can reach us on our voicemail and text line at area code 518-289-0478 that's area code 518-289-0478 and last but not least probably the easiest way to reach us would be at our website tensinaces.com we're continuously adding more and more content to the website and i think some of you might enjoy checking it out so check it out I also want to personally thank all of the people who have donated a little bit of money to the show to help cover the cost of producing the show. If you yourself feel inclined to want to donate, you can also accomplish that at the tensandaces.com website. All of the donations are super generous and very much appreciated, especially from the AP community. I am shocked. <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot, guys, and I'll see you down the felt. Jack is the only game where a smart player has a mathematical advantage over the hunt. This should be sweet. 18. 19. So close. Are you a professional? Hmm? Oh, Are you? Once.
That's it, Griswold. You are freaking dead. Nineteen. Twenty. Oh, he's good. He's good. <laughs> Another hundred and chips, please. Changing a hundred. That's it, Clark. Show him who's boss. Okay, wise guy. Let's see how you do against three hands. Oh. Whoa! Oh, gee. That's it. I've had enough. Let's get out of here. Good luck, sir. I ain't seen a beating like that since somebody stuck a banana in my pants and turned a monkey loose. $500. You don't know when to quit, do you, Griswold? Here's an idea. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. What can I do with $5? Gee, I don't know. Buy a bullet and rent a gun? <laughs> <laughs>